0: We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking. Organize your ideas. And create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator Mark Stinson.
1: Welcome back, friends to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We're the podcast. We're literally going around the world to talk to creative practitioners about how they get inspired and how they organize those ideas. And most of all, how we gain the confidence and the connections to launch our work out into the world. And today we're stamping our creative passports in one of my favorite capital cities of the world, Copenhagen, Denmark, and my guest, Salome Trombach. Salome, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I love that you just said that Copenhagen is one of your favorite capitals. I love it myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. I haven't been there in years, but I was just talking about if I could spend, I don't know, a month, six weeks in Europe, Copenhagen mm. would definitely be on my You job. are
2: welcome. <laughs> you are good. welcome. Now, love to show you around.
1: Yeah, now I know somebody really close there. And we'll let's just paint that picture. Let's imagine I come to Copenhagen. We're having a nice coffee and catching up and getting to know each other better and getting to know the city where would you like to have coffee paint the picture for us about your favorite coffee spot and what that looks like and feels like to you
2: yeah so actually going to coffee places is really one of my favorite things to do in Copenhagen so I think I know majority of them (laughs) and there is one in particular which I find extremely cute which is completely hidden from Any guidebooks, or most Copenhageners don't really know about it, actually. There is this really cute park behind a university. In Danish, it's called Lennpuhäuskon. So this is where it's agriculture and things like that, that people are learning about plants and learning to, yeah, learning a lot within that field. And they have a little coffee shop there with the view of the park and all the flowers. And it is absolutely amazing. The coffee is delicious. So the setting there would be very inspirational and enables you to both be present with who you're sitting with, but also get a little bit creative with what you're thinking about based on the scenery. So it's beautiful. I love that.
1: And I know the last time I visited, I was so excited. I said, everybody rides their bike. Maybe I'll get on a bike and ride around town. But once I saw it, it was more like the Tour de France, <laughs> and I was pretty sure I would be run over
2: if I made a wrong move. <laughs> Ooh, so- I'm not going to disagree with you. It's a little bit challenging to be a tourist <laughs> and to be biking, because if you don't know the ground rules of biking on our bike lanes, the Danes and the Copenhageners get really upset. <laughs> exactly. And it is fast, especially. So you have to avoid peak times going to work, leaving work, because that's when it happens. Really fast, Formula One. And, and then you just need to learn the basics. I love that. And then you'll and then you can be okay. It well, is a fabulous it, it was thing a to similar experience
1: as I had on a scooter in Hanoi. It's, I'm not gonna
2: Oof. Go. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> you, that you sounds get amazing. The it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't exactly. make a wrong
1: turn. You have to know the rules of the road.
2: Yeah, it seems like it's like organized chaos over there, right? It's incredible.
1: Totally. Yeah, I'm glad we set the friends and family tone here, but I want to talk about the leadership counsel and guidance and training and development that you provide. And I thought we would focus a little bit on the founders that you work with and some of the programs and focus you have on that. I think about the listeners of this show who here we are in 2023, we're thinking about do we start something new? Do we really grow from maybe a freelance creative business to a true business. Let's form it as a company and let's try to scale it, not just get busy. Mm -hmm. What guidance or insights do you have for people thinking about founding something? Even that word has a certain connotation, doesn't it? What's been your experience?
2: Yeah, it does. I think obviously the concept of being a founder can seem very scary to some people because going from having an idea and having an incredible passion to want to do something really important in the world and make a change versus actually taking action. And often when you're founding a company, you are also going out there and asking for funding. So it's a journey that is that that where you start alone, but you get a lot of people along with you on the journey. And so that demands a little bit of consideration in terms of where it is that you want to take this and what it is that you want to do. But I work with people are actually a little bit of mixes in terms of their journeys, where they are. Some of them have some of them haven't started yet. They're sitting there and they have all these amazing ideas or one in particular but they're struggling with their next steps and what to do. And then I'm working with people who already have a team who are really transferring from being a founder to a leader and what that looks like. And so I think when we think about what that means in the creative world, because obviously we imagine that founders are people that have brilliant ideas and that are very courageous that are just jumping into the world and just starting something. But the thought process is actually a really interesting one because there are people just like you and me who maybe have, to a certain extent, a little bit more courage than maybe some of us (laughs) do have because they are willing to take that risk. But before going there, there's a lot of insecurities and a lot of uncertainties that still show up. And here it's really about, and I and I and it's a weird concept, but we hear a lot about it and it's, it's happening everywhere. But this whole concept of imposter syndrome, right? The fear of, am I going to be good enough with what I want to do? Because there's other people out there well, uh, that are also potentially may, doing-
1: Yeah, and the idea that I might have yeah. skills, but yeah. do I have
2: what it takes? The right really ones, the do I have problem. what it takes?
1: Okay. And I think about the people who, You know, for one, hey, I always wanted to start my own shop and isn't this exciting? But there are other people who this has been thrust upon, maybe through layoffs or right sizing or all the other Mm -hmm. euphemisms we use, or I simply can't do, this is a great resignation mantra, right? I just can't do it anymore in the corporate environment. So I must, I feel compelled to break out on my own. So there could be a lot of different reasons people are founding their own gig.
2: Exactly. And I think that what really happens there is you go from feeling uncertainty and I mean, you, you still feel all of those things, the fear of starting something, but you're really turning that into an opportunity and saying, I'm willing to take the risk and I have analyzed the potential consequences and I'm willing to go for it no matter what. And I think that's it's really exciting. I went through that phase myself going into coaching, executive coaching and founders coaching and leaving the space I was in and it wasn't an easy decision, but I was like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Let me just do it. And I think going and jumping out of your comfort zone is probably one of the most important things you can ever do. If you want to tap into that part of you that is filled with all these insane ideas and passions that you maybe just don't really know that you have. And it can look like, starting a business, but it also it starts before that all the different steps that you take reaching out to a new person that you are that you're admiring or that you're inspiring that you're inspired by saying, hey, I'd like to chat with you you inspire me. Do you have 15 minutes to spare? That's stepping out of your comfort zone. You might get rejected doing that or saying, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I need to get my mind in order. Let me take a trip somewhere. Let me just do something that's completely different than what I normally do. Let me change my environment completely and see what happens. These kinds of things are often lead to then more important decisions that we take in our lives. But making those small steps that can actually be quite big are an important, important part of the journey.
1: Yes. And I think about your statement, what's the worst that can happen? Certainly, we need to do contingency planning and this turn or that turn. But boy, that can be overwhelming. You, you do have the <laughs> excitement, but if you dwell on the what's yeah. the worst that can happen, all of a sudden you're in a canyon, you're falling into the precipice of <laughs> of pessimism yes. because it can be a little daunting. How do you find yeah. that balance then? How do you suggest that founders, yes, make plans and think about what X, Y, Z could go wrong and how you would address it, but yeah. stay the course?
2: On one hand, there's a the dream. And on the other hand, there's a the plan. So the dream is really around on one hand, really creating that change that you want to see. Often when you found something new, you have an idea to have an impact on society and your community, something. Maybe it's related to some of the crazy challenges and crises that we're living throughout our world right now. And that really needs a lot of new ideas and creativity. And so these founders come up with something amazing that can maybe change the world. And that's a huge dream that they have without knowing if it's actually necessarily 100% possible in the real world. And then there's the part of who are you? Like, why are you the right person to do this? And it's really about, I tell people, I'm like, you have to be willing to go down that journey, to meet that person, to meet the version of you that you don't know yet. And that you are going to be so thrilled to get to know. And you won't know who this person is unless you take that step. And so that's really that dream and that risk-taking aspect of it. And that has to be there. Because otherwise, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then the plan doesn't matter. Because then who's going to want to listen to you? People don't want to listen to the plan. They want to listen to the story. What's the story that you bring? What's the reason you're starting this? So first, that's the most important part, right? And then it's about saying, okay, what's out there? What's the worst that can happen? What are some things that, you know, that I need to have set in place to make sure that I have, not necessarily to have that plan B, but to have an opportunity to say, okay, this didn't work out and maybe that's okay. Because a lot of founders fail and that's why they become great. And when they learn from that failure and they take another opportunity from that. So really it's, what are all the things you can learn? That's really what we're here for, right? On this planet to just keep learning. All the time. And I think if we put ourselves in situations that are new, that's where we will really thrive.
1: Salome, I can only, I wanted to talk about the methodology, the models, the process, because as much as we would just love to have coffee and encourage each other, (laughs) I have a sense that there's more to it than that. You have a great model or schematic on your website that has a left and a right leadership development and personal development. And I love what you said about getting to know yourself. And these are two key parts of this model, the self-mastery and the self-awareness. Yes, Walk us through a little bit of that in the step-by-step process that you use when you are coaching or developing clients.
2: Yes, I think that exactly what you're saying. One of the main things before you lead, before you manage well, you have to lead yourself well. And so that requires courage to actually get to know yourself a lot better you need to know what it is that, what behaviors it is that are driving your day-to-day, what emotional states you're going through when you do certain things. Part of my process, first of all, so one of the things that I do use is is mindfulness. I use meditation because it is one of the key aspects for really taking, really separating between everything that's happening in your day-to-day, coming into a coaching session and saying, okay, where are we? Where are you? Let's just take a deep, a deep, breath and let's reflect. You need to reflect a little bit on who you are. You need to start feeling who you are. And so mindfulness and meditation is a big part of what I do because it's the first step in, in awareness, becoming aware of what you're doing, because all the things that I do with my clients is in that self-awareness process, understanding your values, understanding your strengths, understanding your behaviors, You're doing that, not just with me, but you're doing it in relation to what's happening in your environment, in your workspace, with your family, potentially with the people that you want to start a business with. There's a lot there that helps you to get more grounded and to really establish that foundation that is needed to then actually be a good leader and turn everything that you've known, everything that you've learned into how do I then use this with other people? How do I then use this in my leadership? And how do I then use this to create impact, to tell a story, to brand myself, to empower the people around me, to, yeah, to communicate my message. So this is the first step is really the self. It's, there's no way around it. We have yes. to start there.
1: Yeah, for sure. We've had other guests on the podcast talking about the financial human that a founder has to have. Obviously, you have to know your numbers. Maybe we Mm. could even learn from you. You founded your own company and you must have thought about the price levels. Am I worth it? Is the imposter syndrome you thought about in developing? Here's my price. I do have packages. I do have subscriptions. I have a lot of other ways we could work together. What could we learn about that self-awareness? and self-mastery in Mm. the financial side of it
2: yeah i think once you step into that self-awareness side you also learn to trust yourself more and you learn to be a bit more confident in what you're doing if you have a reason to start a business whether it's a coaching business or starting a company that's there to change the world a tech company or what have you not it's because you have a great idea and you have to trust yourself first that you are the right person and that idea is worth it. So you have established that trust. You can then say, if this is something that the world needs, then what is the price really? The right person will pay that right price. And so it really starts there with the confidence because once you have that, you can go in and you can do your research in terms of what does it look like in the market and things like that. But if you don't trust it, you have to be able to have a regular conversation with someone where you are, communicating your message and communicating what you're delivering and at that same conversation with that same passion and that same confidence say and this is what I charge (laughs) and this is my price yes this is where you can book me like you have to it has to be the same tone throughout that whole conversation right and that takes a little bit of work and I think a lot of people go through that, and it is very much just linked back to: Am I worth it? Am I enough? People are going to be listening to me, comparing yourself to others, and all of that. So, it's it, the financial aspect is it leads back to confidence.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, I'd like to do, turn the page to your own creative process and your own creativity and inspiration. Born yeah. in Paris, grew up in the Copenhagen. You say in your bio that you're half French Moroccan. I love that. Speak four languages. You love to travel. You learned your love of dance in Ghana. What are some of the things that feed you and your creative?
2: The main thing really is nature and the mountains. So I realized I I was living in China at some point and China, I was living in Shanghai, super hectic city, so many people all over the place. And I was intrigued by all the different things that were possible to do out in the suburbs of, of Shanghai. And there I found the incredible Chinese scenery. And it was the first time that I felt really in touch with nature, because there was, unless you're traveling on a Chinese holiday, there is probably not going to be a single person that you're going to meet on your way. So it was really an opportunity to really connect with nature in a very special way. And so that really, that really did everything for me. It was where I had my most incredible ideas and thoughts, where I was most compassionate with myself. And therefore, I've had to integrate it into my not, I'm not going to say daily practice because I live in Copenhagen. It's the flattest country, but in my practice, in terms of how does this feed me, and how do I then, how do I then make sure that it's a part of my of my life? I go to the mountains. I go skiing, hiking, all these different things. And I plan it in throughout the year so that I know I'm going. I'll do retreats with myself. I'll do retreats with friends. I'll get to know new people. I go to these digital nomad houses around the world, and I think it's really important. For people, if I can turn this into an advice, because I didn't know that this was that this became so important to me, I just realized that once I was there, that, oh shit, this is where I'm feeling the most inspired. So I really recommend that for people, when they find that thing, whether it's when they're out dancing or when they're in a new city or if they're trying out a new sport or whatever it is, that they then really integrate that into their daily lives because they'll realize how much more creative, they're actually going to be, become. And because it's that, it's that space that you can allow yourself to take from the busy day to day where we don't even get a second to just breathe and just think and just be focused on one, one, one thing. Oh, so that would be my advice. And that's really how I do it. And of course, mindfulness meditation is a big part of it. And honestly, sometimes it can really not scare people off, but it can be like, Uh, To me, meditation and mindfulness isn't just necessarily sitting down and just doing breath work. It can be anything for anyone. If it's for you, it could be going out for a run. Whatever it is for that individual person that gives you peace and that enables you to really stop your mind for a little while, that's the meditative practice that you need in your life. Yes. So I do that a lot. And then journaling, that is one thing. I have to mention it because I really advise a lot of the executives and founders that I work with to journal. Because you have a lot of ideas, you have a lot of thoughts, whether it's concerns, whatever it is, every single evening, I tell them you have to write a few things about your day, whether it's something good that happened or bad, because first of all, you get it out of your system. And second of all, it will then, because you've gotten that out of your system, leave space for something new. So definitely recommend that people do that.
1: I like this. And I like that what you're saying is you're using the word advice. But I have the sense this is not just a knowledge base, you know what would be good for you, you know what you ought to do, but rather Mm. you have done it. This is your experience. And you say, this is what I've done for myself. And this might work for you too. And this quote that you have next to your bio to show up for others, you have to show up for yourself first. And it sounds like you have tried to integrate some of these creative practices in your own work and life.
2: Absolutely. And it's not We change throughout our lives. So the practice that works for you today may not be what you need in two weeks or in a year. So just change. There's nothing wrong with change. That's what we do. We learn, we change, we do something different. And that's great. You don't have to be attached to one particular thing if that's not what works for you in the long run. And you you definitely shouldn't necessarily identify with something for too long either. Sense out what feels good and then Do that and you'll blossom and everybody around you will blossom (laughs) together with you.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Salome, we're also into the first quarter of 2023 now, but we're still in a new year. Hit the refresh button. What's ahead? What's (laughs) ahead What's ahead for you? What are you looking forward to and excited about?
2: Oh, that's a good question, actually, because I'm really the kind of person that has never, I've never had, what are they called? New Year's resolutions or things like that. I just do them throughout the year. I think that if there is one thing, though, that a really good friend of mine who's a therapist, she, Nora is her name, what she made me do at the end of, I think it was the end of 2021 was to take an hour or something to look at what are all the things that I'm proud of that I've done throughout the year. And this can be anything. It doesn't have to be a big achievement. It can be a conversation you've had with someone that it took time for you to build up that courage. And just to remind yourself of all the things that were actually that you're capable of and that you forget. When we look at, okay, what can we actually do in 2023 or 2024 or beyond? Because once we realize all the things that we have done, all the achievements, big and small, we also dare to dream a little bigger. And so for me, my main goal now is to, because my passion really is the mountains, I am trying to now develop something within my own business where that will bridge the leadership coaching with the mountains in one way or another so that it can be fully integrated. And so that is really my next goal to do that. So hopefully... In the next year, there will be an opportunity to come spend time with me in the mountains, whether it's in the Alps, in France, or somewhere else, and, uh, and do a little bit of self-mastery diving into and, you know, how to create a positive impact around. But that is my next step.
1: I can feel the passion that you have for the idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This would be a great time then, I think, to uh, tell people how to connect with you, and learn more about your work, and then uh, make sure we're connected when we hear about some of these new things coming. How can we find yes, you?
2: Yes, two main ways. I would say there's my website, which is my name. So it's salome tramback.com, but also LinkedIn. LinkedIn is really my preferred social network. And it's also the same. It's Salome AT or A Tramback that you can find me on there. And I'd love to connect with you and chat with you. Honestly, for me, just talking to people who are passionate about self-development, leadership, nature, anything like that, I love to have conversations. So definitely. Welcome to connect with me.
1: Very good. We'll put all those links in the show notes so people can uh, reference them and be sure to. And of course, the coffee shop in Copenhagen will look for you. The
2: coffee shop. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. If you need any other tips in Copenhagen, you're welcome to reach out. Or if you want to have a coffee with someone in Copenhagen, I'm also really willing to do that.
1: Oh, fantastic. Salome Trombach has been my guest. Salome, I can't thank you enough for the conversation. It's been just wonderful.
2: Mark, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Very friendly. I really love the vibe. I look forward to connecting with you as well.
1: Yeah, sounds good. And listeners, let's stay connected with you. Keep on coming back to our podcast for more inspiration like this and really practical suggestions, ideas, experiences that you'll learn from creative practitioners from all over the world. We've been in the Nordic countries today, but we'll continue our travels all over Europe and, of course, Asia. Africa, South America, all over North America. We've got creative ideas and inspiration for you as we continue our podcast. So come back again as we continue to unlock your world of creativity. I'm Mark Stinson, and we'll see you soon.
0: Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media. Creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories Unlocking Your World of Creativity and ThePeaceroom.love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patients Speak. Healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by... 83 Bar. Look for The Patient Speak on your favorite podcast app.